You are listening to the Food Means Business Podcast, which features the personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a CPG food and beverage business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. All right, Louise, welcome to the Food Means Business Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we typically start with your founder and telling your, your story from your leap from corporate to entrepreneurship, but I know that you've always been a founder, so I'd love to hear about your, your trajectory. Yeah, so funny. I, I love your podcast. Thank you. And that was one of my things initially. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to talk about that leap because I've never done it. <laughs> I came out of school, uh, you know, when you're like 18, 19, and I went traveling for a bit. And I came back and I took a job and I took a job at a startup. And at this point, this is 15, 16 years ago, startups was not cool. It was not a thing. Being a founder wasn't anything that anyone was striving for. And I started working at actually what we would call today was a startup, just a small company. And being there for like six, seven months and just feeling like they have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm a big fan of this team, even though I'm so young, had me thinking maybe maybe I can can run and try and do something myself instead of working for someone else. And at that age, you know, taking the leap to doing something yourself is, is not as daunting as when you're older. When you're 18 or 18, you can move back to your parents, worst case scenario. So uh, I just went for it. I, I started an e-commerce company at the age of 19. And that was, I'm from Sweden. So that's a weird accent when you're like, what is that? So I started that here in Sweden and I ran that for, <laughs> ran that for um, two years and it was acquired. And then I moved on and I, I saw another um, gap in the market, which was just was really hard to advertise digitally at this point. So I started an ad network. And I did that for five years. And I just sold that company last year, actually. So I stayed on as board member and owner of the company for a few years after being operational. Um, I had that acquired last year. And then I went on from that point to start a page my marketplace, another problem I saw in the market that I thought needed solving. And from that point, I started a food company, much because I had my first baby six years ago. And got really focused on what he ate and should not eat and was thinking a lot about the issues that we have in the food system and wanting to build a big company in food. So the one company I've just kind of like led to the other, even though they're not necessarily in the same industry or category, I've just seen different problems that I've been very interested in trying to fix and solve. So I just never made it to university and I never made it to a big corp. I've just been pushing this founder journey in front of me. I think that's amazing. Coming out of school, I was like, I wanted to get a job because I wanted to make money so I could take care of myself. <laughs> and I it didn't really think about entrepreneurship kind of in that way. It look, it's so scary. And I didn't start my business until eight years ago. I think it's much scarier when you're older because then you have expenses. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's like you have a mortgage and a 401k yeah. and children and all the things. And it definitely was scary. But actually, what for me, it was like I felt more confident in myself right. and it was easy for me to take a chance. But I also got laid off. Sense. And so it was like, what do you do? Do you go back to work yeah. for someone else or do you try to do something yourself? So we kind of were like, you only live once. And my husband was like, kind of backing me and he's like, let's go do this thing. So I love that. <laughs> I love it. Great. Good for you. Yeah. So talk to us about Marty. What is Marty? 
Yeah. So Marty um, is my newest baby. Me and my co-founder Kari uh, launched Marty about 20 months ago. So we, I think we probably started focusing on what is Marty and how to build this company two and a half years ago. And really the background story is I met Kari, my co-founder, maybe two years before we started Marty. And we found each other and talking about, again, I, I had had my, my first baby a few years earlier. She had a baby at the same age. And it just opened our eyes for nutrition and issues in, in the food industry. But more so, the more we talked, we're like, we're privileged because we have 39 million Americans that are food insecure. Nine million of them are kids. And when you start thinking about kids not having access to healthy or even just like food at, at all, because it's so expensive these days, that was like, well, we have enough food to go around. It's the going around that's the issue. And we came to that conclusion, really focusing on there's 30 to 40% of foods that go to landfill, even though it's perfectly fine to consume. And on the other side of this, we have all these people really struggling to put food on the table. And then we have a huge gap of people that are not food insecure, but just it's expensive to buy food, right? Right. right. So uh, we started thinking about that and we started thinking about, you know, other aspects of like the next generation, sustainability being a big part of it. How do we make sure that we are part of building a sustainable future? And again, like solving food waste could be a huge, huge part of solving the future for, for our kids from an uh, environmental perspective. So we set out to build Marty with just working with vendors, working with food producers, taking on any of their inventory that is, for whatever reason, not making it to the normal retail shelf. So when you think of that number, 30 to 40% of food go to landfill, even though it's perfectly high to consume, does not mean that it's past its best before date. It doesn't mean that it's expired food, but producing food is so tricky and hard for many, many reasons. So food that have long shelf life left, still maybe a purchase order is pulled from Safeway or mm. it's a seasonality product where you don't really know how much to produce or it's a new type of product with a new flavor. There's all these different things that can cost for an overflow of product. And there's a lot, unfortunately, way, way too much of it. So we get in and we buy this inventory at about usually 50% discount from normal retail store. And we give that discount to the consumer. So when you come to marty.com to shop, you find items up to 70% off. The majority of our inventory is 50% off. Uh, and we work with the big brands that you know and love. So we work with whether it's, uh, you know, Annie's or Kind or Kellogg's. We usually have it all. And we, where we win is we only do shelf-stable products. So we do not do fresh produce. We don't do fresh anything or frozen. Uh, so basically middle aisle of the grocery store. So shelf-stable food, household items, health, beauty, and pets is really where we can come in and help you save money. And it's cool. You know, when you save money with us, you help save the environment because uh, we're pulling all that inventory into to the arms of people and stuff. That, that is amazing that you're able to kind of fill that gap for people. I was actually surprised that 30 to 40% of foods were going into a landfill. I, I, it was I shocking to me. And then given the fact that, as you mentioned, there's people that are hungry and then food is just expensive. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. So it doesn't. I know. It no sense whatsoever. So like, I'm so happy that you've like found this solution. And then I went onto the website and I was like, oh, wow, this is really great. There's so many brands that I personally buy that I would be able to Amazing. buy at, on marty.com. So that, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for, sh for sharing that. Sure. So talk about your, the road to launching Marty. What did you guys do to get to the point where you launched marty.com? Yeah. So we, uh, we were both 
highly pregnant with our second kid, both me and my co-founder, Kari, when we decided to start Marty. And I, I will say at one point, my friends and our husbands were like, you're kind of crazy with what you're doing. Shouldn't you wait a little bit? But when your heart calls for starting a new company, I think you need to go for it. So we knew that we were both having babies that summer. This was in December, January, when we decided this, this was the business idea that we need to go after. And we both were due with our second baby that summer. So we said, let's just take these six months and plan out, like, let's learn everything we can on this industry, our competitors, let's build the website, let's spend time with the branding and just the feel of the company. Think about like, what culture do we want to build? What are you supposed to feel when you arrive as, as a consumer? So we took those six months and I think my, my co-founder will tell you one of my superpowers is to find people to talk to that <laughs> you can learn from. So I probably spent, you know, two months straight just talking to everyone under the sun. I might have been a former founder or a former employee or an investor or a board member of any online grocery, of any liquidation store, of anything that like fell into the categories where we were trying to get in and win to just figure out what's the secret sauce? What have you done that didn't work? Where did we fail? Where, where do you think we can win? We also started probing investors that we think could be interested in this business model. We knew we were not fundraising now, but getting them the story early and getting their feedback, who has an appetite for this? Does anyone have an appetite? When's the right time? What have they seen in the market? Is a very good way for you to also digest where the market is and where it sits. Because we knew from the beginning we would need external financing to support this business first few years. And then again, we spent a ton of time just building out everything we could from making vendor relationships, making sure that vendors were ready to work with us when we were ready to launch, building the e-commerce experience and testing that out and sending that for just UX testing, so user experience testing. Are we doing the right thing? And, and then again, like a ton of time on the brand because we think brands win today. And it's very important that you have a relationship with the customer, not just, you know, as us, we have vendors, but it's important that you feel like you're shopping with Marty and we have a relationship with you. So those six months were super fun, right? Like that initial, like finding out what you're going to do and what's your identity and who can you learn from, tie people around you. During this process, we also found our initial five employees from just talking to people, figuring out who's really excited about what you're doing and how could they potentially fit in the team comes naturally when you're out and just learning from people. And that's the most amazing employees, right? People that you reach out to to learn from. If you can hire people that you learn from, like half the battle is won, right? Yes. So uh, we did all of that. And then I had my baby. Uh, and then when she was four weeks old, we actually closed our financing round, basically with Kari in the hospital having her baby. <laughs> so then we were... <laughs> kind of like ready to go. And then, yeah, we, we brought on board the people that we knew we needed. And, and we, um, we, we kind of like sent the agreements uh, with the vendors that we had already built a relationship with at this point, And we were off to the races. So I have two children and they're just a part of kind of life and kind of what happens. And so you all, you know, being pregnant and trying to raise money, did you receive any pushback from that because I also feel like as a mom like you had a deadline right like you're having a baby at a yeah. certain point like that was it right like you, you were able to prioritize what you needed to do to kind of get done so can you just talk about a little bit about how kind of you, you all were received in, in the market yeah it was an interesting time because this is also still COVID which means that most meetings if not all meetings was done over video which means that you wouldn't necessarily see that we're pregnant initially 
Uh, so that was like a, a very interesting thing for me and my co-founder to like figure out like when do we tell people in this process that oh by the way I here's also my baby. <laughs> it, it was an interesting thing to kind of like figure out when in the process do we do we talk about this. We did have some some pushback from people, which is kind of like great to know because then we also know that's not the investor that we want to work with. And then you know the investors that did get on board with us also saw it as our superpower. If you're crazy enough to be like, give me my money, I'm going to start this company and run for it when your baby's four weeks old. They're like, yes, you're you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna go through thick and thin for this company, which is yes, 100 yeah. right, right? Like that's how you should look at it. So in the end, it was like a way for us to also make sure that we got investors on board that we vibe with and where we are on the same page with how life works and who we are as individuals and on the other side as well. So we definitely have some really weird and awkward conversations, but that just made us very sure that we never ever want to get involved with those investors. It's so interesting, like it's, you know, 2023 and people are still having the same conversations they've been having for years right. about pregnant women. And you, especially with all of your experience, like you just having a baby just was like you having a baby, like that's what people do. So it just didn't really mm -hmm. make any sense that you were having to defend that to someone. No, I mean, I, my husband wouldn't have to even figure out, like think of when to mention he's having a baby, right? So Nobody would, a nobody would ever ask no. him that question and he no. may, may, might mention it in passing to someone, they'd say congratulations and they'd move on with the conversation. Correct. For Correct. Sure. Yeah, sure. very different. So you, you got financing and you hired your initial employees and kind of got started. Can you talk a little bit about like what it was like to launch Marty.com, kind of some challenges that you might have faced? Every part of the a, a startup's like life cycle is like so dreamy when you look back, right? So whenever you ask if something that was two years ago, I'm like, oh, it was the best time. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're like, oh God, it's hard. So I now live in Los Angeles. My co-founder does as well, but I was in San Francisco. We had our first warehouse outside of San Francisco. It was kind of a 3PL, but it was also us being in there and like helping pack boxes and like making things work because we launched and we got a ton more orders than what we expected. And we grew 100% month over month in the first six months. And this warehouse was just not necessarily equipped, which is fair. We had no idea what, what our order volume would be. So it was like a mayhem of six months initially where we were just like scraping everything we could get in terms of like buying inventory. And, it, and it, of course, at this point, we don't really know what inventory moves, what does the consumer need or want, how much do we push on prices. So our right. buying is a lot more sophisticated today. We have honestly, of course, a lot better partners and more of them and we can pick and choose differently. So it was a wild time from a purchasing perspective, but it was also uh, a wild time from just like a lot of time in the warehouse. Being there and help the warehouse get boxes out and we kept getting flooded with like big sales days and falling a ton behind schedule. So it was a lot of that, just learning the business from a very deep like operational standpoint. What happens when we get X orders a day that is three times as much as we're currently used to? And how do we circumvent that with better planning around marketing and deals and filling up staff at the warehouse? So it was just a wild ride, like as it should be with startups when you launch. <laughs> right. Lots of big learnings uh, in a short period of time. So I saw that you all have your warehouses now in Texas. Is that right? Yeah. Texas warehouse is our third warehouse. We just opened wow. that in April. And what's really cool with our Texas warehouse, it's a very big, so we can grow our SKU count quite significantly and we can grow how many units per SKU that we get. So we can cover a lot more states and with its central location, we can ship to more states. So 
We're currently live in 34 states. And just two months ago, we were live in 11. Wow. So we've had quite the expansion in the last few weeks. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's a fun time for us. And before end of Q3 here, we will be uh, shipping nationwide, which is a huge step for us. That's amazing. How do you get the word out about Marty? How, how are you marketing the business? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a great question. It's marketing, like there's no silver bullet. I will say that anyone who's like hiring a growth marketer is like, grow quickly. Like it's just, you need to be <laughs> at it and you need to test a ton of things. We did grow quite significantly through using Meta uh, in our first couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before, I don't know how much you know, like Meta changed the algorithm about a year and a half ago. It, it affects every startup significantly. It works still really well for the big companies. They basically just like optimize for the big corps. So with this shift, that didn't work for us anymore. We need, needed to rethink it. And at this point, we had quite a significant you know, customer group. So we really did the work of trying to figure out how do we get Marty fans to share the word of Marty? And we've figured out what do you like to share? What's needed for you to share? Um, how do we build a refer friend program? So that's a huge engine for what we do. And in addition to this, honestly, it's, it's pretty cool because PR is a big piece of the puzzle for us. And of course, we live in a world where, where everyone talks about how expensive grocery is. Any PR piece that we're going to get is talking about how cheaply <laughs> you can buy groceries with Marty. So uh, that's actually become a very big component of what's important for us and how to get our story and our word out. That's amazing. Oh, let me ask you this too. Why Marty? Why Marty? The name Marty for the business. Can you talk about that? Jesus about that, Christ. Naming this company took us like two months. I swear to God, I spent more time naming Marty than my actual babies. <laughs> so, no, we had this big exercise because we also gave us those six months and we like fully dove in. And, but when it came down to it's like, listen, we need something that is like personal and fun and you, you can make it just something to, to relate to. And we started thinking, what is that? Maybe it's like a person's name. Could it be like Penny? Where you're thinking Smarty Penny is saving money. And then all of a sudden we got into Mart because you go to Grocery Mart. We're not using that word, but it actually is a Mart, right? And then, yeah. And then we started talking about like our illustration, the globe or Earth could be Marty. So we're working Marty into our storytelling a lot more. And then completely transparent, I could buy the domain Marty.com, which getting domains is really hard. It's so challenging. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can get this. So that kind of like, we had a lot of good contenders, but with that domain, I was like, we don't have to do get X or hey, that, you know, right. that, that's solid. So no, it's such a great name. And uh, it's like, I kind of, it's really catchy and then fun. So yeah. I love it. So good. Yeah, yeah. no, we, um, yeah, we, we enjoy it for sure. <laughs> we're, we're having fun with it. You know, you're obviously a parent and a busy business owner. Talk a little bit about how you take care of yourself. I feel like entrepreneurs, we're just kind of working a lot. And you having, you know, had several companies, you probably have gotten really good at good at it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting because I have, it, it helps when you're very interested in healthy food and and moving and, and working out. So I've always been very interested and enjoyed running and and just working out so running for me is a kind of like meditation so that just normally happens whenever i feel stressed whenever i i feel anxious whenever i can even like needing to break an hour of my day to just go for a run because i know that will help me work better going forward so that kind of like happens naturally and then i do have when i feel 
very overwhelmed, I do have a meditation practice and that kind of like comes and goes. It's something that I add in when I feel like I really need it. So I will say, I wish I was like, I always meditate and every day, and which is not true. So it, it <laughs> happens when I feel like I really need it. But yeah, yeah. changes with workload. So we at Hudson Kitchen have what we call money bell that we ring when we're celebrating something. It could be an employee getting their paycheck or it could be someone bringing on a new retail partner. And I'm wondering, what are you celebrating right now? It could be personal or professional. So, yeah, on a professional level, we do have a lot to celebrate. As you can hear, we just launched uh, a bunch of new markets. And with any startup, you don't expand unless you see unit economics working. So, of course, like us taking on more markets and flexing our footprint really is a sign of unit economics and starting to make sense, which for my industry is really hard. So I'm, I'm really proud over the work that we've done this year, making sure that we have positive unit economics and can c- continue expanding as a business. So that, that in itself is a great thing. We also do have a lot of new phenomenal like vendor partners that we're signing on. Um, and then I just hired two new team members on my team and getting talented people to trust you and join you on your journey yeah. is the most important thing and something that I'm always really, really proud over when someone trusts us to join us on their journey. That's awesome. I think it's really important because like you're a sm- essentially a small business because, you know, yeah. lean, not having a ton of employees and having somebody come in and kind of help you with your baby. <laughs> Exactly. It's really, yeah. it's really important. That's great. Yeah. And competition for like talented people out there is, is, is rough, yes. you know? So to me, it means they really are kind of bought into you right. and your partner and the company itself. They believe yeah. in the mission and that's really important. I agree. So Louise, thank you so much for being here. Um, we appreciate it and wanted to, if you could please let everybody know where they can find out about Marty and also about you. Yeah. I mean, Marty, go check us out on Marty.com for sure. For socials, we have a pretty fun social account. So check us out. Marty Foods is on Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and wherever you get your <laughs> social feed. And then I'm not so active on Twitter anymore, but come find me and follow me on LinkedIn. That's usually my my best kind of way of sharing thoughts and industry uh, recaps and Marty news. Um, and I just searched Louise for Jobson because I think I'm the only person with that name and <laughs> you will find me. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Food Means Business podcast was produced by Hudson Kitchen. It is recorded at the studio at Carney Point and mixed and edited by Wild Home Podcasting. Our theme song is by Damien DeSandes, and I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. Follow Hudson Kitchen on Instagram at The Hudson Kitchen. And to get food business bites right in your inbox, sign up for our newsletter at thehudsonkitchen.com forward slash newsletter. Listen, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time.